Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone. And uh, boy, it's so good to be here this morning. Uh, we just flew in from uh, Columbus, Ohio last night. At a, I, I think every guy's got to go to more women's retreats. That's where I was. And uh, it, was, uh, it was phenomenal, actually. I, was, uh, I, really, I really believed I needed to go to Columbus. And uh, Tina said, well, let's go to Columbus while well, there's a, a women's retreat uh, happening at uh, uh, Gary and Drenda Cassie's church, uh, really good friends of ours. And so uh, we went there, and God just really, you know, man, I, I didn't know you were going to uh, talk about my cancer. Um, you and Tina must have uh, talked. Well, the, 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 the diagnosis that I have. And, um, but uh, I, I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate the, the fact that uh, God, had, I, was, I was, when I was worshiping this morning, and he just kept saying, and this is, it wasn't for me, because I, I, know, I, I know he's got it. It's for somebody out there. Uh, he's got it. it it's okay. Um, there's something about uh, the power of God, and when you connect your faith when you, when you release heaven on earth, it's through your faith that you do that. And when that happens, he's got it. There's something that is so powerful and is so kingdom-like, and that's what we are supposed to live in is within the kingdom of God, and he has it. And, but I think... You know, part of my, my messages is about we've maybe, we've maybe over the years have fallen into a, a Christianity trap that says, I'm, I'm a Christian and I get to go to heaven and, and we get to live this great life and get to worship and hang out with cool people and hear great messages. But I think there's something deeper to our faith that uh, we're maybe missing. And it's that, it's that kingdom living. It's that connecting with God when, when things don't go well, when the phone call comes, when the diagnosis comes, when uh, your partner tells you that they don't love you anymore, when your kids are going crazy. And there's something that we need to tap into that that goes beyond what we see and what we hear and what we feel because that's in our natural being. That's in our natural. That's what we, that's what takes us out. And we need to find that key, that key of faith that opens heaven, that opens heaven on earth as it is in heaven that allows that conduit of, of God's power, his supernatural power to begin to work. I know I'm not dying of cancer. I know that. Uh, that's, just, that's, that's just not, it's not even a doubt in my mind. And it took me a long time to get to that point. It took me three, over three years to actually come to that point in my own walk of faith, to, to actually know that, to actually know that. 
to actually know that. Not just, oh, yeah, okay, well, maybe God's going to heal me. Or, no, to actually know that. There's, there's, God took me through a, just a process of, of, of knowing what it means to walk in that faith without any fear, without any doubt, no matter what the doctor's report says, no matter what they tell you, no matter what other people say, no matter what, you know, you look on the internet and you see all kinds of things, it doesn't matter. Because I know what God says. By his stripes, I'm healed. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. And the, chastised, the chastisement of his peace is upon him, and by his stripes, we are healed. I know that. So this morning, um, first of all, thank you guys for allowing us to come and speak and just to uh, share our hearts this morning. Tina's going to uh, come and uh, share, share the, uh, the stage with me. And uh, so um, I had, I'd kind of uh, written out this morning, or for this morning, and, and we're, we're developing uh, this morning, and she says to me, I think yesterday, honey, something's burning in me. I've got I've to say something else. <laughs> so I'm not going to get through, we're not going to get through what's on, your, what's on your hand out there this morning. That's okay. Uh, I, I want to speak from the heart and just from uh, what God's been showing me. And, and this, this revolution, this revolution, this relationship revolution that's coming up in November. Uh, just, a, just a quick plug on, on that. November 14th through the 16th. God really laid on my heart that we need to make a change. There needs to be a change in the way relationships are. We need to, we need to get to the core of what's happening in our relationships here in Orange County with a 72% divorce rate for first-time marriages. We need to make a change. And, and so we began to look at, you know, what can we do to, to do that? And God just really laid on our heart to, we need to start a revolution, a revolution of change. And that's what revolution is about, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Um, uh, before I start, though, uh, I, I, a good friend of mine sent me a joke the other day, and I, I just got to share it with you because it's, it's to do with relationships. And it's, to, and it's really to do with trust. You know, because, uh, you know, we say that, we say that you, you, you know, people say, well, I can't trust them anymore. I can't trust her. And I guess relationships are supposed to be built on trust, but we also know that none of us are really that reliable and that we're going to hurt each other from time to time. And, uh, and so uh, we, we, we say now is that, you know what, we love people and we trust God because all of us are going to let each other down. We're going to hurt each other. And, uh, and so we, we've developed that, that little saying because I think it, it, it takes the pressure off me to tr- have to totally trust my wife for everything. Because I know she's going to hurt me. She's going to say stuff to me. It's going to hit my stupid button. I'm going to get all upset. You know, I know that. And so, uh, so we, we love each other and we, and we trust God. The joke goes like this. So a, a woman comes home from a hard evening of, of work. She was working the afternoon shift and, and she, you know, she's very tired and she kind of crawls up the stairs and goes into her master bedroom and, and uh, she, uh, she uh, opens the door, slowly opens the door and, and there in, in her bed 
she, she sees two, feet, uh, two sets of feet sticking out of the end of her bed. And she looks. And so uh, her husband keeps a, a, a hockey stick behind the, behind the uh, door. So she grabbed that hockey stick and she started beating the crap out of that bed. And, and until she felt, you know. So she lays the hockey stick down, goes downstairs, and she makes herself a cup of coffee. And as she's just putting the coffee thing in, and a voice says, oh, hi, honey, welcome home. Um, your mom and dad came in last, uh, uh, tonight. Uh, they're going to stay overnight and look after the kids for us tomorrow. So, and I let them use the master bedroom. Um, trust. <laughs> you know where her mind was going all of a sudden, don't you? Uh, yeah. Okay, anyway, let's, let's get into this because um, we gotta, I got a short limit of time. I want to give uh, Tina uh, her, her time. Well, revolution, there's been a lot of revolutions uh, in history. And, and just to uh, name a couple of them, um, uh, the Haitian Revolution where blacks were enslaved. And because in that revolution, 100,000 black people uh, died, 24,000 whites who had enslaved them uh, perished. The Cuban Revolution, we know what happened there. Uh, Chinese Revolution, we also know what happened there with communism. Uh, the Taiping Revolution, an interesting revolution in where, led by a gentleman named Hong, an unorthodox Christian, claimed to be the brother of Christ. 50 million people died in that revolution. And, the, of course, the American Revolution of 1775, and the 13 colonies got together and, and, and defeated the British. Well, revolution on your papers, you have a, a definition there, means a drastic and far-reaching change in the way we think and behave. This is where it gets, this, it just, it, this is where it just goes deep. There's, there's no other way to to, uh, to say it, is that if we're going to make a change, if there's going to be something that's going to change in me or the way I think or behave, then I have to take a look at the way I'm thinking and behaving now. And is it working for me? Um, why do I want to make a change? What is it that I need to change? Um, a, a, the, a revolution starts with an idea. It starts with a thought. And you go, yeah, I should maybe change that. I should maybe do that. I could do that maybe. But nothing changes until it becomes a belief. Until you actually believe it. Because I can have a meeting. I can talk to my friends about it. I can talk to my neighbors. I can talk to you about it and say, you know, I need to change something in my life. Yeah, I should change it. But until it actually becomes a belief system where it goes from here to here to your heart, where it actually, because I can't, your feelings will always win over what you think. So if I feel that I need to change, because I, when I think about it, it doesn't really, yeah, I should change. Yeah, I know I should do it. But then you go back to your old way. But the revolution means that I actually am going to make a difference. 
I am going to follow a different path. I am going to do what it takes to make that drastic change, if need be, in my life. How do we do that? Because most of us, we follow the status quo. And this is where it gets dangerous as Christians because the Bible is clear is that in saying that we should not be of this world. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of where? My mind. My mind, my thoughts, my will, my emotions. And if I don't transform those things, if I don't transform how I feel, I will never change. 1 Peter 1.16 says, Therefore, and this is how we do it, preparing your minds for action. Because there's going to be a lot of action. When you decide you need to make a change, do you think Satan's just going to go, oh, he wants to make a great change. He wants to change how he, you know, how he does his relationship. He really wants to make his relationship work. He wants to spend more time with his kids. She wants to be, right? And you think he's just going to sit around and let you do that? Oh, no. He is going to attack your mind. He's going to attack everything about you so that you... <laughs> so that you set yourself up for failure. That's what we do. We set ourselves up for failure, because I'll try. I'll try to do it. And he says, you know, someday you might do it. You know, someday you should change. That's, that's a great line that he uses, right? It's the truth. Someday you should change. Some, someday you should do that. You know, maybe you should do that sometime. It's the truth, but it never happens because someday never comes. Someday is way out there, and the time is now. Preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. What's the former ignorance? It's our old life. It's, it's, hopefully it's the old life. As we transform into more Christ-likeness, that's what Christian means, to be Christ-like, Christ-followers. To transform into that, don't be drawn by the former ignorance, by the former things that entice us, that bring us back to the old ways of feel good, that draw you in. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12, 2. Let your love be without, without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. I was really convicted. How much time do I have? Can you, can you give me a time? I was really uh, convicted uh, this weekend at the uh, women's retreat. I'm on our, because I'm, man, I'll tell you, God's just taking me through so many, so many things in my own life and showing me. 
and, and different things. And, and I have to change. I have to change some things in my own life, in my own home. How much TV we watch, what we watch. I love TV. I, I, I love TV. I, I go home when, I, when I'm stressed out, guess what I do? Right? Turn the TV on. It stresses me out. I say, right? But is it, is it good for my soul? Is it good for my spirit? Is it good for my, my child? Am I passing on to her how to stress out or how, how to de-stress? How do you de-stress? Go watch TV. That's what I'm teaching her. That's what God was showing me. What we watch, what we read, what we listen to, all the former things that draw us back into and cut that conduit off of faith that we're all looking for. You see? We're all looking for that, that I don't know, the magic pill, the, the, the thing that's going to open up God to us, that's gonna, so we can walk in that faith and that transformed life. When things get tough, we, we don't run back to our former ways of doing things. When, when things get tough in our relationships, and we see it, I mean, that's what we do. You know, we're called relationship experts, and the only reason why we're called experts is because we've screwed up so many times and we've made it. That's only, you know, really the only reason. So it's not, we, we're not perfect. We've done some crazy things in our relationship. But somehow, by the grace of God, we've, we've stuck it out. But we've got to know what's true. We've got we to get into that place of either I'm going to make the change or I'm not going to make the change. Either I'm going to join the revolution, join the revolution of change, that drastic change that some of us need in our lives, that some of us need to transform from the worldly way of doing things, the worldly way of looking at things, because when the diagnosis comes, when those things come into our lives, does fear grip you? Because that's what the world does. That's what, because they don't have faith. There's nothing to grab onto. We've fallen into the Christian culture trap that I'm a Christian. And that's it. What does that look like? What does that mean? How am I transforming this world around me? Because that's what a revolution does. It transforms everything around me. but it's got to start in our home. It's got to start with me. It's got to start with, and God speaking to each of us. Are we listening? Are we ready? Are we willing? The world system says that love is disposable. Sex before marriage is acceptable. Money makes me valuable. That's the world system. That really, we, we do what we want. The revolution's going to come. It's going to start within our own hearts and our minds. I want to leave you with a story. 
This is from our own daughter. She, she uh, woke up early one morning and, and Tina was up. She was working on the computer. She comes out of her bedroom. And she goes over to Tina and she grabs her arm and says, Mom, I got to talk to you. Like this is first thing in the morning. She comes out of her room. Mom, I got to talk to you. And Tina keeps, you know, typing a little bit. And Mom, no, I got to talk to you now. Mom, stop. So Tina says, what's, what's going on? I said, Mom, I have to talk to you. You have to change your business. And Tina says, okay, now she's got her attention. No, you got to change the way you do your business. And she says, why? What's, what's happening? She says, Mom, it's not fair the way kids are being treated. My little daughter has a limited amount of friends. She goes, she's, she's in, uh, uh, she's in uh, homeschooling. Uh, she has some, you know, just neighborhood friends, things like that. Very limited amount of friends. She says, Mom, I'm going to call her, I'm going to call her Mary. Mary across the street where we lived at our old place. It's not fair that she has to live with her grandma and grandpa. Her father has to come and visit her every day and she barely gets to see her mom. And she hates it. It's not fair that she has to do that. And mom, it's not fair, it's not fair that my other friend has to go, has to, has to be moved around from her dad and to her mom every week because she hates that. It hurts her, mom. These are her words. It hurts her because she has to go to one parent and then the other parent. You've got to change, mom, the way you do your business. You have to teach these people that it hurts these kids. And mom, it's not fair that my other little friend at homeschool, he doesn't get to go to church on Sunday because his father works every Sunday and, her, and his mom can't get the kids ready to go to church. And he wants to go to church and it's not fair that he can't go. Now, I know some of you have that situation in your homes, and this is not to condemn you. This is to say, how do we do this better? How do we do it differently? And for those of you who are thinking about look, getting a separation or divorce, and you've got children, I'm going to be straight with you. Don't do it. And kids aren't resilient. That makes me puke, seriously. Because many of you sit out there today who had and have gone through divorces. Your parents went through divorce. Tell me how resilient you are. And we see it every month. There needs to be a change. A change, a deep change, a drastic change in how we as Christians view relationship. And it's not an option to get a divorce. And that word should never be used in your home.
All right. You know what? Our hearts, I will tell you right now, this burning message that is inside of me is for one reason and one reason only. And it was because when I was up at 6 in the morning and my daughter came out at 6.25 with that urgency, she's nine years old. She's nine years old. Today, my cry, those of you that have been to a boot camp, you know I don't care about your marriage. You go ahead and get divorced. You've earned that right. As an adult, you have the right to do that. You're of age. You can do whatever you want. Don't ever think that as an adult, you are a victim. You are not a victim to anything. And if you're going to be a slave to anything, be a slave to him. Because he will never make you a victim. And I know sometimes we, I could be a victim to this cancer. I could be a victim to when my husband was unfaithful. I could be a victim to depression. It runs in my family after all. But as long as you have a victim mentality, you are not a victor. You know, when we worked with Gene Simmons and Shannon Tweed, of KISS, yes, of KISS, I started figuring out, okay, what's going on? What's going on? Because right now I'm going to play a video of what she said. She is not a professing Christian. As a matter of fact, though she grew up in a Mennonite home in Canada, she was born in Canada, came here and ended up in Hefner's mansion as a playboy girl. What do you call those? Bunnies. She ended up as a bunny. This is what she had to say about when you have kids. An atheist, professed atheist. She says it with her own mouth. Listen to what she has to say. So I believe that once you've decided to have children, you've decided to make a commitment for the rest of your life. And that's a commitment um, that is unwavering, I believe, because um, it's, not a, it's not a marriage that, oh, well, if it doesn't work, you know, <laughs> you walk away from. And so um, I knew that once I had the children, there were sacrifices I was going to have to make, and I was willing and able. Willing and able. When you have kids, you make a commitment for the rest of your life. You know what I've noticed about the church? I've been in the church since I was five years old. My husband pastored for a while, and you know what I noticed about the church? We don't fall far behind the statistics of the world. So if you live in Orange County, unless we have a revolution, by the way, your pastors are part of speaking at that revolution in November, that revolution is going to cost you $97 for the 14th to the 16th, that's two and a half days, $97 with a $50 dinner thrown in for a limited time. Once we have the first, I think, 300 tickets sold, I think we're about halfway there, then we remove the dinner. You're going to go hungry unless you pay for dinner. But over the $97. But that's what we're doing for you today. 
Because we want this revolution to be for everybody. I do not want to follow the world that when we're in Orange County, we're going to rise up to 72% divorce rate. You know what I'm about today? I'm about my seed. What's my seed? That's my kids. And for those of you that at home have children or you're not married and you think you're not about the seed, you are about the seed. Because every child is a seed that Satan is trying to destroy. He doesn't wait till they're 30. He doesn't wait till they're 20. He doesn't wait till they're married. He wants them right now when they're born. He wants to take the seed. Don't let them. His job is very clear. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. This is not a message about condemnation. This is a message about get free. If you're condemned today, if you feel guilty today, that's the spirit of infirmity that your pastor was talking about. Don't you dare be guilty about what you've done wrong in raising your kids. You know, I think about God, and he's perfect, and his kids rebelled. Over and over again. But guess what? They kept coming home. And they're going to come home again. We're coming home. Because his kindness leads us to repentance. So if today you know you messed up, that's your reveal. That's your first point on your sheet. Reveal I've messed up. Maybe I shouldn't have got a divorce and now I have. Can't God heal that? Yes, because today, today, you're responsible for today to change your heart. Don't let that guilt take you in. I did a lot of things wrong as a mom. I'm still doing stuff wrong as a mom because God gave me another chance. I thought I was done having kids and we were remodeling the home to sell. I, I, I stopped buying groceries and they still stayed home. So now we were going to sell the house and make sure there was only two bedrooms in it. So they would leave. You know, you, you wait all your life for your kids to go off and be healthy and, you know, stop eating your food. And they weren't doing it. And so finally our last child was, our second son was in, in uh, last year of college. And I said, now listen, buddy. We're not going to do the sister thing. Whereas every time she saves money, she, I mean, bless her heart, she went off on missions, field, missions trips. You know, and then she'd come home. And we'd start all over again, feeding her, you know, and, and making sure she's rent-free and then, and then funding part of her trips. But, you know, when we raised our kids, my son was 19 when Mia came along and we adopted her at three months. I didn't go looking for a kid. I didn't go looking for adoption. We were ready, ready for our next phase in life, that next level our kids had been raised and God saw fit for us to have another one who is now a prophet in our home. And if you dare have you in your home, you're in big trouble. She'll be playing with kids. True story. She'll be playing with kids and she hears fighting downstairs and the kids will, you know, just curl up and they'll say, mom and dad are fighting again. Well, instead of curling up with them, she walks down the stairs and she goes, you know what my mom and dad do? They have relationship boot camps, and when people come in, they hate each other, and they fight. And then when they leave on Sunday, they're holding hands. That couple registered. <laughs> She's a prophet in my own house. Another time, she, she was with a couple, and we were actually away for the weekend with them, and they had a three-year-old, and the three-year-old was acting up. 
and he wouldn't put his bathing suit on, well, there's one thing Mia loves, and that's to swim. And this kid was holding up her fun. So she looked at the mom, and she goes, you know what you need to do? You need to be a parent. And the woman sat up, and she goes, true story, that the mother told me this. And I'm going, dear God, I can't let my child out. <laughs> and I said, what did she say to you? She goes, well, she said to hold him down, put his bathing suit on, and said, we're going swimming now, and you're going to wear the life jacket. And she says, you know, I did it. The kid went into shock, the three-year-old. Obviously, she'd never done that before. And off they went, swimming. What are we doing in our homes, raising our children? What kind of legacy? What kind of group? You know what I love about this church? It's called influence. What are you doing to influence your kids for the next generation? You know what the best predictor of your kids' future is? Your past. What's in your past? Because whatever's in your past that's unresolved, that's untaken care of, that's unforgiven, that's full of guilt, that's full of, of anger, that's full of resentment, that's full of bitterness, that's going to be in their future. That's their future. We have people coming through boot camp that will tell me I would lay my life down for my kid, both of them, as they're facing divorce. And they're telling us we only came here to make it easier for the kids. And I said, so you're telling me that you would die for your kids. And you know what? If you don't have kids, don't cancel yourself out because there's a lot of kids here that could use some really healthy legacy, some really healthy influence because their parents aren't equipped. My kid, nine years old, she doesn't have kids. She's influencing people to live above the line where there's joy and there's peace. And so today I'm going to encourage you and ask you the question first. How are you going to reveal? Reveal is just looking at stuff that is unresolved in your life. If you've got wounds from even when you were a child and it's unresolved and you don't know how to do it, you know what? Your pastors are constantly recommending individuals and couples attend a four-day boot camp. If we can't do anything for you, we give you your money back. 20 years we've been doing this. If you don't experience a change, you can have your money back. But do something. Because the enemy is trying to kill our seed. So what is God required of us? Only three things. Listen to what he's required of us. Three things. Is it too hard? If you only knew that all you needed to live a godly life was three things. And it was this. One, to do justly. That means influence people by your life to do what is right. Influence yourself and your family. Jesus said, go out into Jerusalem and Samaria. Well, let's just stop at Jerusalem. You know what I love about your pastors is they founded this church within months on marriage. So that you don't end up in 72% divorce rate. And so that if you are divorced and you're in your second marriage, you don't end up even in higher re states 
Because once you're into a second marriage and you've got blended families, the divorce rate is even higher. You've got to get healthy for the seed. So we turn, we revolutionize how we do relationship. If an atheist says, you've got to be committed, be committed to the kids. Like pastor was committed to seeing that girl begging. Do you wonder how she ended up there? Do you think it was from a healthy home? And maybe it was from a healthy home, but she wandered off and got caught up with the wrong people. But we're responsible for bringing them home. Even if you're not their mom, you're not their dad. Bring them home. He's after the seed. He's after our next generation. Stop it. Make it stop. I don't know how to say it more clear with more passion. Inside of me is burning. Do you know how I know how mad the enemy is whenever I talk or have a feeling inside that the kids, I started out in kids ministry. And I decided if I could get to you, maybe we could save some generations. You know how I know the devil's mad? First, he tried to take my husband in infidelity. And you know when that was? When we were ready to just launch a revolution. That was back then. Guess what he's trying to do now? That was enough. He couldn't kill the marriage. Now he's trying to kill the man. Come on. We're not ignorant of what Satan does. Now I close with this. And then I want to brag on my kids because I told you I did a lot of things wrong and I didn't do what was right as a mother because I had unresolved rejection and unforgiveness in my heart when my daughter, my eldest daughter that you're going to see now was just eight years old. I rejected her because that was inside of me. I rejected her. I didn't know how to hold her, how to nurture her. I didn't know how to take care of her, only her physical needs. And even then, I'd just lay things out for her. That's how bad I messed up. And that's how we ended up with Dr. Phil, back when he wasn't Dr. Phil. But he was doing programs to help you look at what you have in your life that's unresolved. Five days. Five days. You want to renew your life. Take the time to see what's unresolved. And then take what's unresolved and begin to rewrite your story. See, I could tell you all kinds of story why I had that story of rejection. Or why I had that spirit of rejection. But God, today I stand on this stage because if I didn't have that story to rewrite, I wouldn't have the passion for kids I have and for relationships. And the second thing God asks us to do of the three is to love, love, love. Say love, 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 mercy. You know what that is? Love, compassion, be compassionate, love, mercy. Compassionate in marriage, being compassionate one to another. None of you have an excuse. 
You belong to a church that wants to influence you. And the third is to walk humbly with your God, the most important. Let me show you what I did do right. We have the picture of my son and my daughter right there. They're carrying boxes because they just finished having a, a picnic, feeding the poor and fighting loneliness in the downtown east side of Vancouver. Where'd they get that legacy? Three generations. On his father's side, their father's side, and on our side. Where you look after the downtrodden. Show the next picture. That's this morning. I, I, I just this morning, I, I went on the Vancouver Sun. By the way, that picture was on the second page of the Vancouver Sun, which is like your LA Times. This picture, the other one too, was the LA. This, this morning, just came out the Vancouver Province, which is the largest newspaper. And you know what they're talking about? She thought they were going to talk about the hallway house where she's helping people with loneliness in downtown. Instead, they called her a Christian downtown Vancouver who believes she heard God when she went to Uganda, one of those trips. If I gave my kids anything, it was faith. It was faith to be compassionate, to walk humbly with their God and see the injustice and make it right. What are we giving our kids so that Satan can't steal their seed? And here's the last picture, because now we're going into our fourth generation. Do you know what she's doing? She was nine months old when they just visited us a few weeks ago. And here's grandma, instead of teaching her many things that I could be teaching her, or lullabies I could be singing, I'm teaching her to go hallelujah. And she goes, ha, ha, ha. And the minute you say hallelujah, she throws those arms up. Fourth generation, what are you doing with your seed? The kids. Thank you, Pastor. At the back table, you can come and sign up for the revolution. We've got boot camps there. And we've got some material on how to renew your mind on money, love, sex. Love, sex, and money. And your pastors are going to be there with us. So join us. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Tina. Well, it's always, uh, it's always a joy to be able to sit back as a pastor and let other people minister to you. And I know that challenge today uh, didn't go unheeded. So um, we just pray blessings over your families, over the legacies that you're going to leave over the children's children. Would you just stand with me now as we pray? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you in all that you do. May you be influencers of the world and may you live your life with character and integrity, forthrightness. May you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. May you be different in this world. Father, we know that there is little that we can hold on to that's stable in our world except you. 
So, God, I want to just encourage everyone here today. I want you to be our encourager, God, to to allow us to be strong in the things of God, to not be swayed. And, Father, I pray for the healing right now of emotions, of relationships. I pray for that spirit of infirmity that comes upon us and can discourage us or depress us. I pray for release right now. In the name of Jesus, as we go forth powerfully with a smile on our face and the joy of the Holy Spirit in our life, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, next week we're going to be back in the coming revival, uh, anointed for battle. It's a great message from the life of David. So tell somebody, come back and join us. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord.